I go as I go. Let me put it that way. I'm not afraid to take action. I'm not afraid to make mistakes. But at the end of the day, there is going to go at anything alone. I'm putting myself in that position. Basically, hey, I'm a white belt. I know nothing. So what would I have to do in order to get to black belt? Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and we've been doing this series with some of our members, our Runway and Altitude members and I've been interviewing them, getting to know them a little bit better and just kind of talking about their story, uh, where they are in real estate, what they were doing before this, what, they, what kind of goals they have over the next 12 months or so or a few years from now and really starting to understand who the people are that are kind of attracted and coming into our world in the Seven Figure Runway and Seven Figure Altitude group. So I... I'm going to have more people coming up uh, along the way. I really am enjoying this series. I'm enjoying it to know some of our newer members better. Uh, some of the members that have been in our mastermind group for a few years now, seeing their progress, seeing where they're going. And it's just amazing to see and get to know all of these people. So I, I know that you're, you guys out there listening are probably enjoying this too, because it's giving you some inspiration about where you are right now, where some of these people were, where they're going, things like that. And hearing their goals and their progress and all of the stuff is, should be pushing you guys to want to be better and do more personally and professionally. So I think we're going to see that today. I'm really excited about this interview because watching uh, this guy's videos inside of the seven figure runway group is really exciting. Some of the changes that he's made in his life recently and the things that he has going on. So I'm really excited to kind of get to know him a little bit better and obviously introduce him to all of you guys that listen. So today I've got one of our newer, new, our newest program, the Seven Figure Runway. We rolled it out at Flip Hacking Live this year. It's, um, it's brand new. We just opened the doors and closed the doors and whoever jumped in at Flip Hacking Live and shortly after became part of the program and they've got kind of one year to jump in here and, and work with us and let us kind of help them guide them together as a, a mastermind group. So today I've got one of those new members. His name is Jaime Lascano. Jaime, what's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me over. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? And before we start, have you ever been on a podcast before or anything like that? Is this the first one? No, never. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so you're putting your story out there to the world for the first time to the public. That's right. Awesome. Okay. So tell me, tell us a little bit about you then, because obviously most people listening probably don't know who you are or your story. So uh, wherever you want to start, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and kind of uh, how you got into this kind of journey. Okay. Well, I think I've always been curious for the real estate um, industry as a, as a little kid. I mean, I saw my dad, you know, try to mess around with uh, fixing, building some homes here and there. Um, and that kind of stayed in the back of my mind. But, you know, just like everybody else, I decided, or for like most people, decided to follow the path, you know, go to college. I went to Texas A&M. I studied engineering. I got out of college. Uh, I got my job, went to the oil and gas industry. Um, it turns out I'm, I already knew that, but it turns out I'm not a very good engineer. <laughs> and uh, they pulled me out of engineering, still in the engineering industry, and I started doing some sales and I started doing some project management. And uh, ended up in the business side of things. And, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? I'm an engineer. So I went and got a master's degree and I, you know, did that, checked the box and uh, kept working my way up into the corporate America world. And uh, I ended up in uh, 
my last position was vice president of a, of a small pump company, a local one. So here in Houston, the oil and gas industry is not doing so hot. Uh, company was not doing so hot. Um, I won't go more into the details because they're still somewhat around, just not in this area. And um, it was an opportunity for me to say, do I want to sink with the ship or should I jump now? So back up six years ago, I took a course actually uh, for real estate. Um, big brand, uh, synonymous with a very, very popular book out there. And uh, so I said, well, what can go wrong, you know? So I went in there and I took all those courses and it went horribly wrong. Uh, I just uh, didn't know what to do. There was no path, no anything, a whole lot of uh, talking out there. And um, let's just say I spent a lot of money uh, doing that horribly that went nowhere with no single action to take. At the time, I didn't really care too much. You know, I just thought it was a learning experience and I went on and moved on. I kept studying the real estate industry and market on the side, just uh, just waiting so that one day I would jump ship or get into it. Maybe when I retired, maybe when I saved some more money. I just, it was always in the back of my head. Um, fast forward with the downturn, the oil and gas and the sinking ship, I said, well, do I sink with it? Do I go look for a new job or do I, or should I jump now? Um, I don't know why, I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna do it. So I jumped ship. <laughs> And uh, I quit my job and, you know, and it's, uh, I would say it was a good job for that matter that, because people always say, you know, well, you know, uh, it's easy for you because of that, or uh, you got more to risk or less to risk. I mean, it, everything's a risk for everybody. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I do have a family, I have a wife, I have a daughter. So it's, um, it's always a risk, but it, you have to do it. You have to take it. In my opinion, if I think that if you really want to be successful with this, you you got to be full-time as soon as possible. Um, I don't recommend everybody do what I do. I'm a little, I'm a little bit crazy on, on, on that aspect. But um, I feel like I've been through, through several different situations that has built my confidence to, to want to believe that I, can, that I can do this. And you know what? At the end of the day, I can go, always go back and get that job. It's not that big of a deal. It's worth the risk, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's how I ended up quitting my job. Um, and I live, so you may not know this, I actually practice martial arts. I do have uh, other businesses. Um, I'm in the martial arts business, uh, jiu-jitsu, judo, Muay Thai, MMA, that kind of thing. So I actually already knew about Jocko. So that, that was one of the, the, actually the cool things that uh, really got me going uh, when I went to Flip, Happing, to Flip ha Hacking Live, uh, that he was going to be there as well. I didn't know you guys at the time. I just kind of randomly said, okay, well, I'm going to be in the flipping business. I should probably find some, some flipping mentors or flipping advice. And uh, somehow came across your podcast, and uh, one thing led to another. Um, I was skeptical at first. Okay. Hey, before you keep going, before you keep going. So yeah. let me back up a little bit. So <laughs> you, so you went to Texas A&M, what kind of engineer were you? Uh, I was an ocean engineer. Ocean engineer. Okay. And then what about your a master's degree? What's that in? Um, 
MBA in entrepreneurship, ironically. Oh, okay. So you went back for an MBA as yeah. in entrepreneurship. Okay, cool. I was just going to say, we, we, so I have a, a, a bachelor's and a master's degree too, and yeah. uh, also went to test pilot school for the Navy and all this stuff. They spent millions of dollars on me in the military. Yeah. And then it, we probably have like half a million dollars in degrees on this podcast and none of, <laughs> neither one of us are doing anything with it right now either. So, so six years ago, you paid a bunch of money for some training and things like that. That did, did that not sour the taste in your mouth for like uh, training and development and things like that and spending money on, on that stuff or did it? Oh, you bet. I think the first thing that I noticed is that uh, you have to be careful in the real estate industry. Um, there's sharks in every corner and there's very good people in every corner. It's uh, and it, at, at the beginning, you don't know what's what and it's very hard to sort out the good people from the bad people. So yeah, I mean, $25,000, $30,000 behind after that little training mm. session. Uh, yeah, bad taste in my mouth, but it never really pushed me back though. I mean, I knew that it was, um, that it was what it was. And I knew there was, so again, going back to the martial arts thing, I, I know that you need a coach. I know that you need better people than you and mentors that you have to start at the bottom. That I get, that mm. I understand. I was just not looking in the right places. So, so I'm interested and Chris and Heather Logan and I did a podcast before Flip Hacking Live and they talked about some of the things that they paid for and the different uh, events that they went to and stuff like that where the celebrities were, their names were there, but they weren't there. And then it would be salespeople mostly and stuff like that. And we talked through that and it was a path that they went on and it actually brought them to wholesaling and eventually brought them to us, which they are really thankful for. And the, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to just ask you this question is, do you feel like it was the way that the information was laid out? Do you feel like it was the support? Like what, what did you need that you didn't feel like you got there just because, you know, being in the same industry now and trying to figure out what you guys need, it's important to me to, to kind of pull the audience a little bit. If you're going to go spend that 25 or $30,000 where, so, cause some people will still say that they, they got a lot out of it. It was for them. So, um, or they got something from it or, you know, I, I just want to kind of ask you, what do you feel like it was at that time that you weren't getting that you, you think could have helped you? I think the way they threw out the information um, generally and vaguely without specific details uh, on how to actually go do something. For, mm -hmm. for example, uh, we were talking about, um, which you'll probably get that question later, <laughs> uh, about list source, the specific thing, you know, they go into those trainings and they say, Oh, you know, get a list from list source, blah, blah, blah. But to us, whenever we're brand new, we have no clue what list source is. We don't know what that means at all. And just the, the process of going to something that's unknown, it overwhelms you. And uh, there's no, no real steps on how to actually accomplish that. That's just one example. Cause it's pressing because I know that they're going to send you that, that question later on. And somebody already is answering it for me on something, some question that I had. But that was not available. So you went to this course for five, seven days. They threw a bunch of stuff at you. And then you pretty much remember 10% of it. And not only out of that 10% you remember, it's all general on things you should do that you have no steps on how to actually go and execute. The execution part, that's what it is. It's yeah. hard moving it into execution. Yeah. Then I think that's the resounding thing that I've heard. It's like enough information to get you 
going in that, that direction and that idea. And then it's a, a next, next step. There's always a next thing to sell you. And then the next thing to sell you. And that's what uh, Chris and Heather mentioned is they would go to the weekend and then it would be the week and then it would be this boots on the ground training and then it would be the next thing. So I, I think that's, um, I think it's probably your first, like when the pair on the back of your neck should stand up a little bit is when you go to the free seminar and then there's another one that's a thousand dollars and then it's a 25,000 and then there's a 60,000. And so I think that's, that's one thing obviously that Justin always talked about that I'll continue to talk about is to really want to kind of put these organizations out of business and figure out how to make sure that we provide the best service that we possibly can inside of our mastermind group for the people that it makes sense for and it fits for. So, um, and that's why I create I, I know exactly where you were. I remember hearing list source. I remember hearing pull a list, get a list. And I was, I was going, what is a list? And, and then there's so much nuances and intricacies inside of that, that you can make or break a, a, a direct mail source or even a cold calling list or anything just about how you structured it. What kind of filters did you put on it? What did you leave out? What, what did you check or uncheck? And if I check this, it actually is half the price if I didn't check this and lots of different things. So um, for me, trying to figure out how to build that out. And that's why, you know, I kind of created that flight plan to show everybody exactly what we do. And then knowing that everybody's going to do something a little bit different, they're not going to actually, I mean, they could take exactly what we do and go implement it in their, their market if they wanted to, or they do like I do where I took a little piece of everybody's business and made my own. I'm like being an engineer as well. My background's mechanical and aeronautical engineering. So I, I like to take things, uh, take things apart and put them back together my way and just try to see how things work and then make sure that I'm, I'm tweaking it and designing it and always making changes to make it as, as efficient as possible. And that's kind of uh, probably my superpower as an engineer. And the way that my mind works is I can take something from your business that's very successful and something from five other people and make it my own and make it this Frankenstein business that I, I've created here. And um, so my goal was to put all that out for all of you guys and then decide what of that did you like? What do you, what do you want to do and what don't you want to do and what works for you in your market? So, okay. So you did that. Then you were kind of still looking at real estate throughout the time. And then you finally, you moved to this point where you said, you know what, I'm just going to quit my job. So when was that, that you quit your job? Was it like yesterday or how long ago was it? Well, I will say this, uh, I don't that course I did find um, a, a guy, uh, you might, I don't know if you know, Jason Palliser. He's, he has his own thing. He's, he's got his own thing. And, um, but they're more on the, um, uh, him and Alisa, uh, Rispoli. They basically, they have kind of a wholesaling two day blueprint kind of deal. And they got me going at least in the right path with the wholesaling side of things, but I wanted to do more flipping side of things. So, um, that's when I started listening to you guys on the side of the, you know, we were going to cut ties. So yeah, quitting my job. Um, it, that was not a hard decision actually. <laughs> no, for some reason, uh, it's not as scary as uh, for me, it was not as scary as, uh, as it is for most people. Um, like I said, I do have other businesses that I've had some success with. So those little successes make it easier to kind of believe in yourself at the end of the day and know that you're going to go through some hard times and, uh, and that that's part of the, process if you want to call it um you know i spoke with my wife and said hey this is what i'm going to do she basically she's actually great on that aspect i think she believes in me a lot more than i believe on myself as far as uh 
she always says, and she's like, oh, we'll be fine. Oh, yeah, you're going to be really good. Oh, you're going to be great. Oh, yeah, yeah you'll be good. So that aspect, the support system's there. So, uh, yeah, so it, I have, for some reason, I still don't know if it's going to be great, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay. Let me put so it when way. was that that you quit your job? Was it was four, it months. four, four months, months ago? Yeah. Okay, so like right before Flip Hacking Live. Seriously, like it was like August yeah, yeah, yeah. or something, September. Okay. Yeah, like a month or two before, and I'm like, well, all right, I'm pretty deep in this. All right, what do I do? What do I do? So... Okay. So you, then you mentioned you were skeptical going into that event. So you listened to the podcast. Um, so something that you heard in the podcast kind of drove you to buy a ticket for that event. It sounds like maybe it was Jocko and you wanted to uh, fight with him and uh, do some jiu-jitsu <laughs> with him or something. Yeah. Well, um, Jocko, I wouldn't say that was the sort of thing. I mean, that, that, that was really good. It was definitely extra, but um, I, the big thing was, figuring out what to this you see mistakes are costly when it comes to especially flipping houses and let's be honest here um i don't know what i'm doing so i go as i go let me put it that way i'm not afraid to take action i'm not afraid to make mistakes but at the end of the day there is no reason no point to go at anything alone so going back to an analogy martial arts analogy um so now that i'm a black belt i know what it takes to be a black belt so I'm putting myself in that position. Basically, hey, I'm a white belt, I know nothing. So what would I have to do in order to get to black belt? Well, first of all, you have to show up and you have to train. Second of all, you have to do what people that are way more experienced than you or, period, or people that are actually going to, people you would at the beginning wanna be like, for example. So you take their knowledge, you learn everything you can, you don't ask questions, you just go, 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 repeat, 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 learn their process, learn their style, and then once you get your own black belt, then you can get cute with your own style. So <laughs> let me put it that way. Where can I, where I, actually, I could not find anybody that looked reputable that was uh, flipping houses. And I started listening to your, to your podcast. Um, I was listening to your information you were putting out there and stuff st started coming in. And then, yes, I started thinking, well, it sounds kind of cheap to just be a conference and, you know, <laughs> I was like, what's the catch? What's the catch here? And, you know, and I go and I went and, you know, it just didn't really seem like a catch. Honestly, um, your values and what you were putting out there is what made me align with you. Some of the stuff you say, some of the stuff you do, your personality. Because uh, like I said, you're an engineer, I'm an engineer, you have a master's, I have a master's. Um, you like to stay fit and, you know, you I like to stay fit. Um, the people you surround yourself around, and you say, you know, you could have brought anybody in the world, but it's like, man, I'm going to bring Jocko, I'm going to bring this guy. I mean, I, I can kind of see what's going through your head, and that's something I would do. So I'm saying, so throughout those days, that's what I was uh, analyzing, per se. Because even then, you know, budgets are, are thin, realistically speaking, for me now. And uh, so when you're saying, should I bite the bullet again? Is it going to be a waste of money? Is it not? So um, I talked to some people after hours, and uh, they seemed genuine on, on what you were doing for them. And uh, they, and I figure, well, if they're getting that kind of benefit, I am looking for mentors. Then why not? You know, it's it's, it's worth it. And so far, hey, I'm happy I did it for sure, hands down. 
Good. And so, I don't look at people. I don't talk people up. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this is something I've enjoyed so far. Awesome. So yeah, there's a couple things that you said that, that, that I wrote down. So one is um, in the beginning, kind of first step is believe in yourself and have a very strong support network. And I think that's really important and you nailed it because um, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. So you, we've really got to focus on believing in ourselves. That's what made it easy for you. You believe in yourself so much that you're going to go quit your job, try this thing out, this flip a couple houses. And it, just like you said, if it doesn't work out, you're confident enough that you'll go back and get another job. Nothing's lost, right? And you're at that point where, and then you also have a great support network around you. It sounds like your wife is a phenomenal support network for you. She believes that you said your quote was, she believes in you more than you do. And that is really, really important that we have that. We have those people in our lives that are going to push us and, and, and in the things that we want to do, they're going to give us that support. And then you kind of broke it down into this analogy, which I love. And this is my writing it down the way that I hear it is show up and train, train with people who are more advanced than you, then learn what they do. Then you can go do it on your own. And I think that is a great way to put it because that's exactly how I felt. I mean, I think our minds work very similar as an engineer in, I was kind of evaluating, like running the numbers of what it looked like. And it was more of a kind of a logical decision to me going, okay, if I spent at that time, you know, $25,000 to join this group, I'm I just flipped a house and I made 43,000. If they just show me how to do one more house, then I'll make that back and more. And so it, do I think that I won't flip one more house next year from all the things that I learn over a whole year with these people that are doing hundreds of houses, just as far as the numbers went, it was just a calculate. And, and like you said, I was attracted to the values. I was attracted to the people. Um, they were genuine. And I, I didn't go to an event. I just listened to the podcast and bought a $25,000 course. And I made the right decision, fortunately. And, you know, usually, I, I don't know, I, it's kind of calculated. It was a, but it was, there's a little bit of risk in that, right? So just thinking that, you know, somebody from listening to them on the radio in their car. So it's right. interesting. So, and then you said something that kind of went out to me. You said, it's almost like too cheap. So was the price of the ticket too cheap? You thought actually this might be too cheap to be anything that's actually good? Um, yeah, I did think so. <laughs> not so much that it was not going to be good. I just thought it came with a catch. So mm. I said, get there. Okay. Okay. Let me put it this way. I've paid, sometimes I, I still pay for those, uh, hustle seminars just because you know you get to meet some people and you get a little different perspective sometimes paying those two hundred dollars is worth it i think uh of course they sell you for the one thousand dollar seminar and then so on so on so the bad part about those is that it's sales pitch eighty percent value twenty percent and out of that twenty percent mm -hmm. you've heard it before oh go put driving for dollars da, 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 and it, you know, the same old thing. Um, so it's almost not worth it. So I was expecting to be like, oh, three days. It seems kind of cheap. So they're probably going to upsell me for the next part. And it's probably going to be sales pitch about 80% of the time. And so basically, you're really going to get half a day of value. Mm. Uh, but that was not the case at all. So, so let's, let's talk about the event. How, like, what did you think about it? Um, what kind of, was there a speaker there that you really enjoyed that you, um, that you really resonated with a ton? Tell me a little bit about the event just for anybody that's kind of listening. Well, I'm so new to it that all of it was so valuable, like every aspect of it. I can, I can honestly say that there was not somebody there that was speaking that I didn't learn something from. Um, 
I am not the motivational kind of guy. So I, I kind of say self-motivated. The motivational speakers are awesome, but, uh, and they were really good. But let's, let me put it this way. Uh, that's not something in general that I normally gravitate towards. So I now I gravitate towards the, the meat of the bone. And there was meat of the bone all day long. And then to hear somebody pump you up, that was cool. Let me put it that way. So That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. So that, that's, that's awesome feedback. A lot of the questions that I've been asking to our new members is a little bit of right now I'm preparing for next year's event. So I want to make sure that it's as it's better than we did this year. So getting some kind of idea of everybody and what they got from it. It sounds like, um, it sounds like we did a good job this year. So next year you'll just be blown away. So, okay. So you, you went to the event a little bit skeptical. You decided to join the seven figure runway group while you were there getting these kind of mentors trained with the people who are more advanced than you learn what they do so you can repeat it. Right. And so what, what's happening now? Like what are, do you have any progress in your world? Do you have like, where are you, where are you at right now in, um, in your real estate journey? So so that was part of that was another reason why I was skeptical. Which, by the way, you probably don't know this, but I waited till literally maybe like an hour before the lunch. <laughs> I was filling out my card in the morning of, and I was like, uh, "Okay, I'm in." So uh, I just really wanted to think it through again because I'm not an emotional kind of guy. I don't I don't like to make emotional uh, choices per se. So um, so I thought about it. I slept on it. I talked to people. I went back and I listened to another guy, and I said, "You know what? Yeah, I'm in." But um, so, and part of the reason is because I had already found uh, property, a property, or two properties now. And there goes that debate, do I need this or should I keep doing what I'm doing? I don't know. And then I went back and said, but remember, you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, you, you need to, you might've got, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. So I really needed to understand what it was that I, that I was doing. So. I'm working, uh, right now I have two properties, um, very much live. Um, I haven't sold them yet, so we're, we're about to see if, uh, if the numbers work out. Um, it, it should, but, you know, practicality and, and theoretical are two separate things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then, then, and then uh, applying. I'm already using a lot of the stuff that you put out, um, where I'm at now, I go back and I look at the videos and whatever I need that I have questions on. Have you seen me ask a lot of questions uh, in the group? Um, I'm basically doing what you said, basically, bottom line. This, you said, you know what? Go in here, use what you need for now. Don't stop moving. Keep taking action. So I'm keeping taking action. I'm making mistakes left and right. I'm learning as I go, taking what, what I can from you guys, asking you guys a lot of questions in there. You guys are giving me some uh, guidance in there. I just executed and uh, that's what I'm doing. That's my plan for now. Just Awesome. So, so for you, you guys who haven't watched the videos that I created in the beginning, basically what I said was, don't go watch three months of videos and not do anything. So jump in here, watch the couple of these intro videos and then jump where you need to, where you need to go. So if you need to raise some money for a project that you have going on, then go to the raising money video and watch it and then go and then turn it off leave your house and go raise money, go do the things that we talk about. And everything is very action based. So it's, if you like the marketing, there's a whole marketing section where you, you go through from like the cheap ways to find deals all the way to the really expensive ways. And you find that one or two channels that you want to focus on and uh, things like that. So, um, what Jaime is talking about is just 
exactly what I talk about. Take action. Don't just sit here. Don't pay for a course, sit in there and just watch all the videos. I didn't create all those videos. It's probably like, it's probably like 60 hours of videos in there. It's not for you to sit there over months and months and months to watch the videos and then go do something. It's go grab what you need, execute on it. So, so for you, let's, why don't we just, let's go into one of these deals. Like just break down one of these deals. Um, you're new, you've found two deals, kind of maybe how you found it, what it looks like and take us through. Maybe it will help somebody who is new getting started to figure out what that looks like. Maybe. And I'll ask you some questions as we go on. it. Uh, so the first one I found it, uh, I set up a pay-per-click. I set up a website, set up a pay-per-click. And guy called me. <laughs> he had some tax problems. I said, sure, I got tax solutions. Went in there. <laughs> kind of crazy, actually, because uh, I think we overthink it. Um, and I think when people are ready, they're ready. And so I knew that the first thing, the first thing I needed to figure out some kind of marketing thing. So I just went into pay-per-click and I just spent some money and it went that way. In the meantime, I also pulled the list and started um, texting people and calling people and had other promising uh, leads from there that we're still, that I'm still working towards. So, um, so before you move on, did you have a CRM set up, a phone system, an LLC, like all of this stuff set up, the, the back end? So this is, I'm assuming this is before you went to Flipbacking Live, you found one of these, these deals. So did you have all that stuff set up, the, um, the business cards, the websites, the everything? Do you have it all done? Yes, sort of. Um, I say yes, sort of, because <laughs> I wasn't using any of it. So I set up, a, I, you know, from picking up things here and there. Um, again, this girl, Lisa, she helped me out a lot and she was guiding me through some of these things like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, uh, and uh, I set up a lot of things, but not really. They're still not really set up. So, which, which is, I mean, I went and looked, uh, I'm still gonna have to go back and, and look at the way you guys are setting up your things because I know mine's not right and I know I'm not using it right. Okay. So I'm going to go even one step further. Why? Like, why were you paying for these things, setting them up and not using it? Like what was missing that you weren't like, what is it? Is it you? Is it the, what is it? (laughs) Okay. Why, why is it you? Um, well, well, number one, because I'm a one man show and you've had to make some choices at that point. So once I got the property, the the paper click and people calling in, I said, okay, so I got one and I got to make sure that my one egg doesn't, doesn't crack. So the full attention has been, or went to the egg. So as I'm making calls and getting some people, um, back in the, as I'm getting, uh, people in the CRM, I stopped using the CRM because I'm focused on all of a sudden you don't know how to flip a house. Now you have a house. You don't have a lender. You don't have anything. So then right before Flip Hack, flip hacking live, I had to find a lender, which I did somehow. <laughs> Private money lender. Um, I was able to, I've never gone through the title, but we had a title, I found a title company somehow. They answered all my stupid questions somehow. And uh, so it all just kind of somehow came together. So all of my energy went to that one deal. Let me put it that way. And, and then you have to figure out, hey, well, guess what? Now I need contractors. Now I need to figure out how much things cost. I, 
now I got to figure out how to organize it. Um, so that took, took a while. And then I went to flip hacking, flip, flip hacking live. So yeah, there's a lot going on in there. Okay. Now. Okay. So <laughs> you set up, you did, did pay per click yourself? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. So you found somebody to set up a pay-per-click site for you. Okay. You set it up, you got this lead and then you, did you go out there and negotiate with the guy and get the house under contract and everything? Yeah. With but the you d- probably wrong contract, but Hey. Okay. Done is done, right? <laughs> yeah, the imperfect done. action will, will trump the perfect action every time. So <laughs> you went out there, you, uh, I, obviously it could, it must've been the right contract cause it went through title and everything happened. And it's, and, and honestly, I remember when I was going out there for the first time to talk with sellers is I was just open with like, Hey, I, I didn't, I didn't make it look like I was a professional. Like I'd done thousands of houses and lie to them. I just basically talked them through. If I was thinking about doing some sort of seller financing thing that I'm trying to figure out, I would just say, Hey, what if we could do something like this? Is that interesting? Like we can figure it out together. I don't know if we can even do that, but let's try something like that. And then I went back to my network to Andy and everybody else and said, Hey, how do I do this? You know, I didn't say, Oh, I've done hundreds of these. It'll be no problem. Just sign right here. You know, I just, I do business with integrity and honesty and I'm upfront with people. And so, so you, you found the house, you got it under contract, but you say you didn't know how much all the work was going to cost and everything like that, or what it was going to sell for. Did you have any idea about any of that stuff? Well, I mean, at this point I was still thinking I was going to be wholesaling everything. Okay. You know, it, it took me a while. I'm already spending all this money on it. Right now I have a little bit of money that can hold me a couple of months till I get this done. I said, why let it go for $10,000 when maybe I can make more? Uh, running numbers. That's my engineering side. I don't know if it's good or not. I'll let you know once I... Uh, we'll once find I, out, right? We'll find out in like a couple of weeks. So anyway, so then I started thinking. I said, well, maybe I, maybe I should keep this. Because I, I like working in construction stuff. Not necessarily myself, but like I said, it's, uh, I find it interesting. Mini projects, I call them. You know, I like mini projects. Um, so then I figured, okay... So what do I have to do now to flip it? So I started moving around, asking around. Um, somehow, some way, I found a private money lender that was a friend of, of mine was thinking about maybe working with them, hasn't done any, with anything with them. And I said, well, give me his number. Maybe, maybe he'll help me out. So I call him up and we have a lunch meeting. And even now, you know, going back to your, <laughs> your videos, I wish I would have seen them before, those little tips, you know, because I'm out there not knowing what's going on. And I'm, I mean, I'm telling the guy, you know, he's like, well, I don't know what's going on and I want to flip a house, but hey, this is my background and this is what I did. And I, I gave him my paperwork. Um, he was actually impressed with my paperwork, uh, that it was organized and how it was organized because he said uh, he had never seen that kind of so basically I, I took the oil and gas project management approach and I gave them all that nice. so it was an overkill you know <laughs> so I uh, but that preparation uh, made up for lack of experience most likely right. is, is what it was so he had confidence in you and if your preparation is like that pre-project what's it going to be throughout the project and after the project and are you man of your word um, so so I think like you you may when we look at this stuff before it looks like, yeah, this, I don't know how all this came together, but you're putting in the time, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the effort to create this kind of stuff. And then you come to a meeting prepared 
you show them the information that you want. I remember going to banks before when, when I was looking for loans and uh, doing flip deals with uh, small, small banks, like commercial banks and regional banks. And when they asked me for something, I would get it to them right away. And I remember the feedback that I got from them saying, we, nobody ever turns this stuff around this fast. We'll definitely do business with you. And it was just that level of detail and preparation. They knew that I was going to make my payments. They were going to be on time. I would, you know, I have good credit. I have all the things that they're looking for. And even though I lacked experience, I showed up very prepared for those meetings. And what that does is it gives somebody confidence because ultimately I lend money to other people too. And when I do that, I can tell if somebody is not organized is, and they're just not going to mesh with me very well. You're right. like I, I'm, I'm an organized person. I want the details. I need to know that if somebody's got misspellings and things in their paperwork, that makes me start scratching my head. Did they even look this over? Are they going to look over the budget? Are they going to look over the timeline? Are they going to, are they going to make sure that they're not being overcharged for things? What is that going to look like? So um, really I lend money to the person more than I do to anything else. Mm. And so a lot of times I would much rather put my money on somebody, the right person with the right fit, the right values, all those things than I would on even somebody who's flipped hundreds of houses and has the potential to screw me over on just one bad deal. So that's the kind of probably the thought process that I'm thinking that's going through this money lender's head when he's sitting in there with you. So, so it was, it was a friend of a friend. So it was talking about what you're doing, getting in network and meeting with someone for the first time. And then what, what was that? What did that look like? Like, what are some of the things that you said? I wish that I watched some of the videos before. So what do you feel like you missed? That could be a tip for somebody who's listening, who's going out looking for money right now. Well, um, there's lots of tips. I think one of the things that, that you mentioned is that uh, you have to, I, I almost did feel like I did approach it as they were doing me a favor and I never really considered it. And, and like, Hey, you're not doing anybody a favor. You're working together on this, you know, cause they're making money off of you too. So that would be one aspect of it. I think uh, I just kind of winged it and it worked, it worked for me, <laughs> but, um, and Oh, but, but you're right. Let, let me back up a little bit. So this is, uh, I call this guy on Thursday and I, obviously I had like two or three weeks to close um, because I, we, he was going to go on foreclosure, this guy. So we had to move quick. So I kind of, you know, they were kind of trying to meet next week. I was like, well, I kind of can't meet next week. How about uh, tomorrow? And, uh, he said, well, maybe Saturday. He said, but even then, it's Thursday, and to consider this deal to meet you, there's a process we follow. We like to meet the person. You have to fill out this huge package, blah, blah, blah. And the package was pretty thick. On Thursday night, I did nothing but knock out that, that package. So by Friday night, before we met on Saturday morning, I had the package back to them. I said, here's all the stuff you need before we meet. And... I think that helped out a lot. So they already had something tangible in their hands uh, about the project completed. And they, for some reason, they said uh, they didn't expect that to be done. So um, that helped me out a lot too. <laughs> yep, I believe it. It's that, that preparation, the detail, the fact that they know that you, you're, you're, you're excited about it, you're dedicated to it, and this means a lot to you. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's underwritten in the things that we do. It's like showing up on time or early, slightly early to an appointment and not be getting there two, three minutes late. You were on this Zoom call with me about three minutes early. So, <laughs> and I noticed because, you know, I, I don't, when I, when we have an appointment, that, that stuff goes longer, it goes a lot further than you think. Saying thank you, 
saying please, opening a door for somebody, doing all the things that we do inherently to us that are, are people of, of like those kind of values is a big deal to a lot of people. The way that you carry yourself, the way that you represent yourself in the marketplace, all of those things, it's the undertone. Nobody's going to say that that's not why they're doing the deal for you, with you. They might say that, oh, I'm sorry, our funds are out there. They're just, we just, this doesn't meet our threshold. This doesn't meet our uh, requirements. Uh, when we underwrote the deal, we just weren't sure about it. They're not going to tell you that you were three minutes late and that, that's the reason that they're not giving you a loan. But that's the kind of stuff that is underneath everything that we do. So if anybody's listening, all of this stuff is really important. You're running a business, even if it's just you, you're going to an appointment, make sure that you are dressed appropriately. Make sure that you show up on time or early. Make sure that you're doing your due diligence. You're doing some background. I'm always looking at, if I got an interview with somebody, I have done all the research on them. I'm looking at their Facebook page. I'm looking at them online. I'm doing a criminal background search. I'm looking at their personality profile. I'm reading their resumes. I'm doing all that stuff. And then I might show up to the appointment and say, hey, I'm just pulling up your resume real quick. Can you just tell me a little bit more about yourself? I just want to hear you tell me about you. Yeah. I've got everything up on all my screens right there. It's all ready. It's all these things. I want just in your own words to tell me who you are because who somebody is, is more important than their resume, than their background, than all that stuff and let them describe themselves. So the same thing goes in money lending. Same thing goes in buying houses. Same thing goes as working with business to business with buyers. All of the things that we do in business that we think is, has to do with the numbers and has to do with everything else. It has to do with the people. And that's a big thing that we talked about at Footpacking Live. And hopefully that went out. And so it's funny because kind of when we look back on your story, there's a lot of that in here that you may not have seen. And those listening are like, ah, this guy just kind of fell backward into a house. And he, he, it sounds like he just found some money. And then now he's just like figuring it out and it's going to be ready and he's going to make a profit. And like, everything this guy does turns to gold. No, it's, it's all the background. It's all the preparation. It's who you are. It's all of those things. And a lot of times we're just so humble that we won't take credit for it of, the fact that we actually do a lot of work to put into this and we get to that place. And um, there's no such thing as luck in my opinion. So you're I in the right that. place with the right preparation. And you probably know that from your uh, martial arts yeah. stuff too. That, that's, that's it. I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, the, the only reason I, part of the reason I find stuff is because I'm running all over the place because you're inexperienced. So you're making mistakes left and right, which means, it should have taken you five hours. It's taken you 40 because you don't know what you're doing. But the, that's the difference. Are you willing to put in all those hours, especially at the beginning, to make sure you understand and make up for your lack of uh, knowledge? Because um, uh, that's really what's happening. I'm just <laughs> knocking on every door, running and keeping it running and running and running and running and running. And I know that it's a numbers game, per se, once. and that's how you're going to get better. If you just try to come in and, and keep fighting that fight and don't give up on it. Because in martial arts, I used to suck, man. I was the worst one on the mat. But you do this 22 years later, and you realize that pretty much the only reason you're one of the better ones is because everybody else quit long, long, long time ago. Uh, not because you were great to begin with. So uh, applying that same kind of knowledge, like, hey, just keep working hard. Keep your head down listen to people that are better than you and do what they're telling you to do and just keep moving, 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 acting, acting, acting. And that's, uh, that's what's happened. You know, uh, I'm disciplined. I, I get up and I do my work every day on my own. 
and that's another thing to talk about. I am not on my own anymore, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to this, uh, the private money lender things, another thing you mentioned was uh, if they're contacting you, you're doing something wrong. And uh, so that's something that I did pay attention to. So I'm writing them reports, you know, every two weeks, say hey, this is where I'm at. This is how much money I spent. This is what I'm doing. This is how much it's costing me. I'm on budget. I'm on time. Yeah. Hey, this day is coming up on pictures, blah, blah, blah. Just letting you know. I send them texts, uh, keeping that conversation. They already funded me for my second deal. I have a second deal now. Um, they're funding me. And we got to the point, I was like, hey, since you funded me twice, let's be real. How, how many can I expect from you at the same time? Nice. <laughs> And they said two to three. So now I need, that's why I need to find more because uh, ideally, and when you were asking about goals, what my goal is, I want to uh, flip 10 houses uh, in a year while I'm with you guys. Uh, that's the main goal. Um, so knowing that that's going to happen, I may have to have two or three homes at a time. And uh, so I want some uh, backup, you know, because uh, I find deals and, I need to be ready and knowing that, I, that I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on some of these, especially in my market. I'm in Houston. I'm not sure I mentioned that. But here, if, if you don't act quick, it's gone. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, those are two things, major things that I got from uh, your presentation that I wish I had before, but it's not too late. <laughs> no, no. And it's never too late, right? So we're going to, like you said, you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to get back up, dust yourself off and continue and not make that same mistake again and learn from it and make changes and adapt and adjust. So, and you talked about putting the reps, the repetitions are so important. You, we all stink when we start, but it's the people who think that they're going to be incredible from day one. It just doesn't, just doesn't work that way. It's like, uh, you know, so Becca Shea, you saw her on stage. Uh, she runs the accountability program inside the group. And she said something in a live video that she did recently. I, I posted it inside the Altitude group, but it, it resounded with me it, a ton. Like a, she said, if you are a high school football player and you step on the field with the NFL team, you're going to get knocked over and the crap is going to get kicked out of you. You are going to get hurt. And Whose fault is it? It's not the NFL team's fault. It's, it's your fault. Like you have to work up to that field. And I think your martial arts analogy is just like that. You're, you're saying that I was a white belt. I moved up to a black belt. So you have to just kind of, you have to put in the reps. You have to show up every day, show up, do the work, put in the time, learn, make adjustments, make changes, and then just continue to show up. And if you continue to take those actions, nothing is going to stop you in any business, this or anything else. It's all the same. Yeah. Like when I was learn how to fly, it wasn't like show up and I'm like Chuck Yeager on day one. No, I didn't know what I was doing. I could, I couldn't even taxi the airplane without running it off the pavement. Like it's just, just won't happen. You start in the, you start in ground school. They don't even let you get in the airplane until you do a bunch of tests and courses and classes and all that stuff. It's the same thing here. Like you expect to like grab the keys to a house and be this, Un unbelievable flipper on day one where you know everything without having to do any, any work. No, it's not going to happen. And, and if that does happen, if you do fall backwards into a deal on day one and you make $30,000, I've seen that happen before that your mindset is screwed up. And then you're, you're, you go forward and start losing money or making bad mistakes, thinking that you know everything. So 
I think, I think some of that comes along with kind of the education side of things, being an engineer, going to school for a really long time. For me, going to test pilot school, getting the crap beat out of me when I showed up there, I thought I was hot stuff. You know, I got selected for test pilot school, a test pilot. So I'm so important. I'm the only American that went to England to go to that school. We send one person per year and I got this chip on my, well, they knock that chip off your shoulder in about two seconds. That you, they, you make it very clear that you have no idea what you're doing. They don't even let me wear my flight suit. I got to wear some British flight suit that doesn't, it feels oh, weird. God. It's got pockets. I got these epaulets and weird stuff. I mean, it's a totally different game. They throw you into a different world. So you feel uncomfortable. They don't give you enough time to do things. They, they push you way past your limits. They, they're testing you. It's the same thing. All this, what's, what's going through, what's going on with you right now? It's a test right now to see how well you can do in these projects and what's going on. And you'll come out ahead behind, you'll we'll learn from it. You'll figure it out. So, so how is the project going now? You're, you're almost done. Is it completed? Ready to go on the market? It's just listed and you know, little things happen and uh, I'm, t- I'm trying to get the pictures taken. Oh, well, that's, that's another thing. I've been asking you guys about a lot of the stuff as, as it goes. Uh, for example, uh, my, my realtor was walking through, the house and and she's saying ah you need to fix that or it's not going to pass in case we get an fha loan and that won't go and i'm I'm thinking okay the hell do i need to do make sure this fha loan goes through so i went i went in the group and i asked uh, tyler jensen uh he's been awesome and he answered and he's like yeah oh man I, i got a checklist for fha loans and he sends me a checklist and uh then i go through the checklist and i'm looking at all my house so do i have that yes no so these, and I still have a lot of questions about that, but I mean, for example, I'm trying to tackle them as I go, you know, and go and mm-hmm. try the information. I mean, I don't know the requirements for all the loans. I didn't even know there were so many different kinds of loans. So, <laughs> but now I go back and, and, and figure out that there are a couple of different loans. So again, moving, acting and uh, finding the support, you know, like you say, I haven't been shy about asking these things to you guys and, Pretty much, you guys are applying like pretty quick, and this is time sensitive for me. It is, and no doubt about it. Like this is the kind of stuff. This is this is what I remember when I jumped in. If I had a question, I get an answer, then I go take action on it. And it's like, hey, I need. And if I needed an answer, I bump it back up. Hey guys, I need an answer. I need an answer. Like who? Somebody in here knows the answer. Who is it? And because a lot of times, what happens is we get some chatter in the Facebook group, and it comes down. I just got to bump it back up. Let's get it back to the top. Get it back to what everybody sees. But for me like just to give you a little bit of feedback, there's a ton of loans, VA, FHA, there's a USDA, it, depending on if it's rural enough in your area for one of those loans, you got conventional financing, you got all this stuff. So for me, I get my project done and then I put it out there. If it looks like, if it looks like crap when people are walking through and they say, oh, this isn't done right. If, if the buyer can see it, that it's not done right, then we, we got to make sure that it's done right. But if it's something that might come up, the buyer is going to have no idea like you about this FHA inspection thing. I get that house under contract, let it go through the inspection period, let the FHA or let the home inspector and the lender do their inspections on it and then kick me back a punch list to say, hey, these three things need to be passed before you can get an FHA loan. And then, then I fix it. I'm not going to fix all this stuff up front. Like you could spend years in a house that is a renovation house and not make it completely perfect for everybody. And you put five inspectors in that house, you're going to have five totally different reports. 
So if you, if you spend too much money up front trying to get this thing perfect, all they're gonna, you're, let's just say you spend $2,000 on all of these things to make it pass inspection 100% without any flags. Every inspector that goes into your house is going to flag something. And here, let me tell you why. A home inspector charges, let's just say they charge $500 for the home inspection. They want that buyer to feel like they got a good deal. So they're going to go try to save them more than $500 on the purchase price of their house. That's the way that I think that, and, and look, I'm putting, I'm putting, if you get a flipper on a, with a microphone and you mentioned home inspector, everybody's going to have a different input, right? There are some phenomenal home inspectors out there. There's some really horrible home inspectors out there. There's some phenomenal real estate investors out there. There's some horrible real estate investors. There's some phenomenal real estate agents. There's some horrible real estate agents. There's all, so I'm lumping them in all in one right now to, I have a little bit of frustration with home inspectors because we put forty fifty thousand $50,000 into this house. I've had a home inspector. I've had an appraiser. I've had all these people come back and say, you're going to make $40,000 on this house. What do you care? Like you don't deserve to make that. You've only owned it for three, six months. I said, man, you don't even know anything about my business. Don't tell me my business. So their, their mindset that I feel like of a home inspector is I want to make sure that I, it's, it's not necessarily always just about safety and, and issues like that. We always fix anything that's safety related, any of that stuff, anything that might pop on a, uh, on a, uh, the appraiser or the home inspector for the, for the, um, the loan that needs to be fixed for a loan for that to go through. But there's going to be cosmetic things that they hit you on. There's, I mean, they're going through this thing with a fine tooth comb to try to make the buyer feel like they got value from the, the price of the home inspection. Now there's, so I say all that because I've never had a home inspector write a report that says, this is a perfect house. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, we could spend an extra $50,000 and I could pay the home inspector $50,000 to go in there and fix everything exactly how he wants it and then have him charge 500 bucks to go through with a buyer and he's going to find five or six things wrong with it. So don't be afraid for that to happen and don't try to do it up front because you, what you want to do, what, what you want to avoid is somebody getting a home inspection back that has like 5 million things on there and then walks away after, you know, under contract for 30 days, you got to put it back on the market. Then people start wondering what's wrong with it. So you want the deal to go through. You want to make sure that you provide a quality product, but there's always going to be some things that get popped on a home inspector or appraisal or some lenders uh, required repairs and things like that. So don't stress out on that too much as a new flipper up front. I see, I see this happen day in and day out in our company all the time. Any house we do, it's like psh, home inspection list is like, I don't know, it's like 30 pages long and there's 50 things and most of them you just kind of laugh at and then, then it becomes a negotiation again. So you negotiate up front, get it under contract goes through inspection, they're going to negotiate again. So there's going to be this, well, you know, I want these repairs done. I want this done. So we typically limit our repairs to like 500 or a thousand dollars in our initial contract up front with them. That way, when it comes out and we have a home inspection, that's got 40 things, we're saying we'll fix up to a thousand dollars of it and any safety related items. If there's any safety stuff, if there's, you know, usually oh, GFIs, uh, plates that don't, you know, uh, electrical outlets that, that don't have plates on them up in the attic, things like that, that we missed, we'll fix all of that stuff. But the cosmetic stuff like, oh, hey, the, this baseboard trim is just a, has a little bit of caulking missing here. And this door handle is a little bit scuffed or this, you know, things like that, that just every home inspector will hit you on every single thing in the house. We'll fix some of those cosmetic repairs. So, that's a little bit of feedback for you. Don't stress about it on the repair side. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that 
maybe doing their first house or they're, they're about to get their house under contract, their first flip or their second or third. It, we always, even we do, you know, 30 to 50 houses a year of like full blown renovations, every single house, we've never had a house that's perfect. And we, we do as good of a job as we possibly can, but these are even, even when I walk through my, my brand new house that was built that I'm in right now that I bought, I had squawk list that was like 20, 30 items long when I did my inspection, just always something that a home inspector is going to hit on. So don't stress out about it too much uh, because you could spend a lot of money. You can spend a lot of money prepping for it. And then you're still going to have to spend money again when they ask for some repairs. So okay. make well, sense. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let it be then. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's out there. So we'll see what good. happens. And you know, and the, the realtor, if you have a good realtor, typically you want the eye of, you want to walk through it with the eye of a buyer because what the buyers are going to see is once they start seeing that it's a flip and there's a couple of things that they can see that are messed up that are obvious, then they're going to, in their mind, just think about the mindset of that buyer. They're going to start wondering what else, what other corners were cut. If it all looks good when they walk through, they're like, man, they did a really good job on this renovation. It looks really beautiful. It's in a nice neighborhood. It's priced well. I really like this house. Let's make an offer. Then when the home inspection comes back, the, the, the inspector will go through and find some things kind of behind the scenes. And that's when you have to you know, stand up and make sure that you're, you're doing the right thing by the buyer and fixing those things. So when you get that first inspection report, post it inside the group because you'll probably be freaking out. And you'll, what you'll hear is you'll hear like me and Tyler and a couple other people go, man, that's one of the best inspection reports I've ever seen. And you're going, what? It looks like this is the worst house in the world. So I get, and buyers feel that way too. So you got to make sure that you manage the expectation of the buyer, make sure that they feel comfortable and they're good with the repairs that you're going to do for them and that you do right by them. So that's uh, ultimately the whole goal is to put out a quality product that they're happy with. And we're not trying to, and obviously we, we want to make as much profit as possible. So uh, it's, it's kind of the, it's, you got to find that, that dichotomy, right? As, as Jack yeah, was talking about balance. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So goal is 10 flips a year. You're, you've got two right now. You're looking for some more. So I'm excited to see how things go over the next year um, to kind of where you're at, how we can help you guys and support you to get there to, uh, to 10 houses. And then, um, and then what's next? What's after that? What's your plan? Well, um, I added a member, Mandy. She's uh, now helping me out with stuff. Um, all, all the other tasks that quote, quote, I don't want to do, like calling people and following up with people. Not necessarily I don't want to do. It's just uh, I have to get the, the business right, making sure all the systems are working. That takes time. And, if, and that's, that's, the, that's the, again, back to the, the economy thing. Either you get your systems right so you can be efficient or do you spend all your time trying to get the, the deals and the money because you need to. So uh, I went ahead and, and got her on board. Uh, she's good people. She's awesome. She helps me out a lot. It's a perfect situation. She's got a little, uh, her girl, her daughter that's homeschooled. She does homework while she's here. Um, she teaches her. Um, she's helping me. And, uh, and, you know, and we have a good thing going. Um, we literally sit side by side here in this, in this little area and the, she sees everything I'm doing. I see everything she's doing. And uh, we're both comfortable working that way. So nice. she's been working on the business and I let her know the little that I know. And, you know, and she's getting good on the phone. Right now we're working a really crappy list. <laughs> what a hard list. Now that I, now that I, apparently now that I have heard, it's, uh, it's one of those tired landlord lists. And mm. uh, so from what I understand, that's one of the harder ones. But uh, she's, uh, 
she's knocking it out and calling all these people and, and getting good on the phone. So I'm showing her the stuff that I, that I was doing before that has given me some success. I'm still going to all the appointments and basically we work in the office from morning until about noon and afternoon. Then that's when I'm going to, or even before to all my appointments and uh, keeping up with the houses and all that. So uh, we're, we're, we're dedicated office time that we don't do anything but office stuff, which is lead acquisition and uh, systems and, and all that. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, uh, she's been helping me out a lot. Another one of those big, some call it risk, you know, is uh, you're hiring people before you're even making money. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. Yeah. But you know, you know what you said earlier in the, uh, in the interview that we didn't, I didn't kind of pull out and, and, and hammer home was there were a lot of things that you weren't doing because you were running around doing yeah. all the stuff that was more of a money-making task than the details that needed to get done in the background. And so a lot of times when we're a solo shop, we just, we avoid doing some of the things that need to get done. Number one, because we don't like to do it or number two, we're not good at it. And so a lot of times that's a big problem for us as entrepreneurs is we're constantly running around like a chicken with our head cut off with all these ideas, doing all these different things that we want to do and not necessarily making any kind of progress or traction in the business from time to time. So for me, it was the same way. I knew that there was a lot of the office work that I needed, a lot of the help. And that's when Dee came in. My first hire was, sounds very similar to you. Um, we didn't sit in the same office, but she, she took a lot of that kind of stuff off my plate and allowed me to do the, the higher level things that I should be doing that were going to move the needle for the company. And it's needed. Uh, and I, I didn't have any money either. I, it was four and a half months before we got our first kind of dollar in the bank. And uh, for you, I, I also didn't have houses under contract that were getting worked on with future money that was going to come in. So um, our first wholesale deal took about four and a half months to come in. And I still remember it was $10,000, $9,900 actually, because we paid a hundred bucks to get the, get the fee off the HUD at that time with a lawyer. So it was uh, $9,900 in the bank and it, and it was the proof of concept that it worked and that we're moving in the right direction. And then from then on, it was just sky's the limit. Nobody's holding me back after that first proof of concept. Yeah. I feel like once these two deals go through, everything's going to change. You know, I think, well, once the first one gets come, comes in and then it just kind of helps solidify what you're doing. And once you can do one, you can do two. And if you do two, man, now it's uh, now you can be on your way to way to five and then 10. So, yep. That's I love that. it. It's, uh, it, it's what I always said. The difference between someone who's done n nothing and someone who's done one deal is huge. That is the biggest difference. And then from one to 10 and 10 to a hundred and a hundred to a thousand, it's at that point, it's like you said, it's just repeating what you've learned over and over and over again. It's that, sure. you know, you become that black belt and then it becomes second nature what you're doing. It's just like, not a big deal. Then you have to focus. Then you have to figure out. And if you're listening to this and you're at that point and you've done thousands of houses, I feel like now at that point, you got to look back and actually focus on celebrating the wins. So when you bring in a $60,000 deal, you got to remember at that point, it's just zeros and ones. It's just kind of like binary stuff. You're just going, oh, it's another deal. It's $70,000 hit the bank account. I got bills to pay. I got all this stuff. You've got to really be present and focus on like the things that you are really enjoying right now, they become, you become a little bit numb to it over time. 
And you really have to remember what it was like and, and kind of look back and celebrate that stuff and say, man, isn't it awesome what we get to do and the people that we get to support and the lives that get to be changed by what we're doing. And you really have to remember that when you're getting 250 calls a week and you're doing 10 deals a week and you know 40 deals a month, you got to really look back and say, man, life's, pre life's pretty good and I really am enjoying what I'm doing because you lose some of that. So um, it, it's just an interesting kind of transition as you go. So that's why I, doing these interviews is really a lot of fun for me because seeing kind of your excitement and some of the things that are happening to you, it reminds me of when I was there, you know, four or five years ago and hiring my first person and feeling that kind of like nervousness inside that I have to actually take care of them, especially when they have their, their little girl at your, you know, at your house or they, they, they got somebody that they're responsible for too. So now I'm responsible for that person and that person's person, right? So it becomes real at that point. And it's, and it, but that's exciting. I really love it. So well, it makes you, it makes you stay focused because it's not only me anymore. Now it's even more people and I want them to be successful too. Right. So if I'm successful, then they're going to keep being successful. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, definitely, uh, it's good. And actually tomorrow we're going to go look at the property. So I'm getting her off, uh, off the phone, it's a daily task, and we're gonna go on a little field trip and look around the house and some of the stuff that I do, so she can get a, a different perspective on, on everything, you know? Yep. Um, so she can actually see, like, hey, this is actually what I'm doing, not just re repetitive stuff, you know, that we're working towards something, and this is the outcome of it. You have to do that stuff. It's very, very important to give them the understanding of what the company actually does, because I remember when my phone people were, I, we were hiring new phone people and we're at the point where we're a pretty big company. And I was as big as relative, we had like eight or nine people. And I felt like the phone people were getting yelled at all the time and they would make an appointment, but they would never see it come full circle. So we started getting video testimonials. I started paying my staff to when they're at the closing to go get video testimonials and everything. And it's going to be good for marketing for us and everything and put on the website. And what I started doing was showing them the video testimonials of the people at closing and how they're crying and how they're so happy with what we did. And then they see the person that they talk to on the phone and they see the result and the outcome of it. Cause I don't think they could really understand. They thought we were maybe ripping people off or, you know, uh, they just, they get yelled at all the time yeah. and to show them that positive, the full circle, it's really important. So bringing, bringing your people into your world and not, not necessarily show them everything of what you're doing, but bring them in and, and let her see the, the project, the renovations, some of the other things that are going on. It also gives her a lot of confidence in what you're doing. So you actually have a lot going on. So they start realizing, hey, I actually need to take more tasks off his hands so he can go out and do other things because he's got these 50 million things to do and I got 10. So let me take 20 and give him, you know, 49 million, whatever. And it's funny, like you were saying, hire for, for the future, not for the present position. I mean, she's very bright girl uh she's she has my best interests i mean i completely trust her uh, you know i leave leave her here at my house no problem you know it's uh i know i don't need to be watching her i know that she's doing that because she knows that that's what's going to be best for the company and uh she she doesn't mind doing whatever we need to do so if I literally told her, hey, man, we got to go and we got to lay some sheetrock and tape and float, she probably would be like, all right, let's do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's a big thing because the coolest thing that I remember when I was hiring my first person is when I was flying, so I was, I was working, uh, I was flying airplanes still for the Navy, stuff was getting done inside my company while I was doing that. 
that had never been the case before. Anytime that I had to take off or turn to, or stop or go do something else, nothing else got done. I was at a standstill. When I got back, I was still at the same place as when I left. And to really see what can happen when you bring people in that can help you when you're not available, it's game-changing stuff. And tasks are, are, are moving along. And it's, it's really nice to see. And when you find the right person who is dedicated, like you said, it's a game changer for you. So I'm excited to see what your, what your growth is going to be, what it looks like. I think that you have the right, you have the right mindset. You have the right um, attitude. You have the right structure. Uh, now it's just some small refinements, taking those actions, yeah. getting the, the feedback loop going, continuing to do what you're doing, like asking questions in the Facebook group and all that stuff. And I think with the support of all those incredible investors in that group, there's no doubt that you'll be successful. It's, it's obvious. Appreciate it. Just trying to, Follow the, the path you guys are doing, you know, pretty much it sounds like every step you've taken is the kind of step I'm trying to take and it's a proven concept. So that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to follow. So, yep. No need to reinvent the wheel when it's right there in front of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, well, Jaime, we're glad to have you. Um, I'm excited to see what this next kind of year brings and, and what we do together. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better and spend some more time with you and, and watch some of the videos that you put in the Facebook group and all that stuff. It's been fun so far here. Uh, I love the kind of video question that, that, that <laughs> definitely gets more engagement than the regular post. I'll tell you that. So well, that's why that I did stuff, it, so, <laughs> you're, it, it, it'll do it. I'm telling you, it's, it's exciting stuff. You keep that up. Your people will be answering your question. I, I'm watching them all. So for well, sure. So, and I figure at least people get to see my face to know who I am. And then, you know, when it comes to these get togethers, uh, somebody might, be my reach out. Hey man, I've noticed you're making all kinds of mistakes. Hey, come on, let me help you out. You never know. You know? Yep. Well, now you're, now you're kind of like YouTube famous, iTunes famous, uh, seven figure flipping podcast famous. So there'd be lots of people reaching out to you. Um, I, some I, <laughs> I, I agree with you on, on that front. I think the people that are in, in front of everybody that are, that, you know, will put videos like that up and are engaged. Those, those are the kind of people that, that in, inside the Facebook world of our group, our mastermind group, the answer is people start to get to know you. They care about you and they care about your progress and they care about your, um, to answer your question, to get you what you need on time and quickly. And I know for me, the more that I get to know you guys, the, be like, the, the better I feel. Like I care about every single person inside that group inside that mastermind group. And I want them all to be incredibly successful. But the other thing that we, that we run into is I've, we've, I've created all these videos. I've created all these tools. I've created all these resources. I can't, I'm not going to, I can't fly down to Houston and force you to use them. You know, it's up to you to use them. It's up to you to engage in the Facebook group. We're going to do everything that we can to provide the accountability groups, to provide the videos, to provide the events, everything that's, that's, that you need to change things and grow as a business owner personally and professionally, frankly. And, but then it's on you guys to do all the things that you talked about, to show up, to train, to do the steps, to take the action, to, you, you already are around the people that are more advanced than you. You can already learn, but nobody's going to force you to learn and force you to do, take the actions, right? So that, that kind of part is on them. And then posting and getting to know, like seeing that you're engaged in there and that you're watching the videos, you're doing it, you're taking action. That's the kind of stuff that propels everybody to want to continue to push, push you along 
and, uh, and carry you with them. So it's really cool. And I, I recommend if anybody is in the, in the runway or altitude group or, or any other group for that matter, if you're in a mastermind group or, or anything, you know, get engaged. If you're listening to the podcast and you're in some of these free groups or on the different forums and stuff like that, get engaged, you know, ask questions, always be reaching out and getting educated. Um, you know, really that's, that's a big part of it. It sounds like to me, six years ago, you went to a course, you got excited about this concept. In the last six years, you've been like building up to the point where you're ready to take all this action. And sometimes it takes that long. Sometimes people just go, you know what, right now I'm ready to go. And you never know kind of what, where that's going to be in your life or where the opportunity is going to, going to present itself. And then when you're ready to take action, you can. So mind you, uh, just one last thing that I want to say that there are some local groups. There are a lot of local groups that I could have joined here in Houston, but, uh, the personality is not there. This is not somebody that, or how should I phrase it? I didn't feel like my personality, I wanted to be associated with them. Does that make sense? That means with you guys, when I came with you guys, you guys are somebody that I'm willing to fight the battle with. If, let me put it this way. If you're going to be with somebody, you want to be with somebody that is going to be fighting the same kind of battle. Um, I think that, and I could be wrong because I don't really know you, but I think that since you just took over this group, I figured, do I want to wait till next year or do I want to be one of the first ones? I said, I think I want to be one of the first ones because I know he's going to try hard to make it the best thing ever. And he's going to be engaged with everybody that's going to be coming in the group. Now, that's not to say you're not going to do it next year, but things will be bigger next year. Next year, there will be a lot more people because I have a feeling that a lot of us are going to come up out of this group. And, uh, People are going to see that and notice that. And as, as things get bigger, it, you, of course, you'll figure it out once you get there. But I really wanted to be one of those early ones. I think, uh, I think you're going to do great things uh, here. And I wanted to go along with that. The other groups are always talking about riches and being a millionaire and this and that. Uh, honestly, I, that's never been a huge goal, really. I mean, I want to be on my own, but that's so I can have – parties are the yachts and this and that. I mean, that's not, you know, I'm just happy with my family and my daughter and my wife. And I just want to keep providing what I've been doing on my own terms. And that's it, you know, and nothing more complicated than that. And that's not what most groups are talking about. So, yeah, well, I, so I'm going to, I'm just going to answer that a little bit. So we've got these, I think you guys, if you're listening or watching on YouTube or wherever you're kind of consuming this, this podcast, it should be obvious to you by now after the, you know, five or six interviews that I've done with members of the mastermind group of the kind of people, like my whole goal when I took over, like Jaime said, was to attract like-minded people who are, who think like us, who we're building this community that all have the core values, the the integrity, the leadership, the who we're attracting people who we want to spend time with, because that's what I care about. You know, I'm, I know I'm closing the doors to this group, right? For a year, there's nobody else coming in the runway. If you're listening to this, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get in there. Sorry. You can get in here. You can buy a ticket to Flippacking Live next year. You can come to the event and you can sign up then. But nobody's, nobody else is getting in. The doors are closed because I know that I want to spend time with these people and focus on them and their business. And that's the best way that we can do 
what the best thing that we can do for them is to focus on them and give them all the resources over this year because newer investors like you, Jaime, you need that support and you need the, the, the stepping stones along the way. We can't just reset after three months or six months, bring somebody else in and start talking about the new stuff again. We want to all grow together to be able to kind of feed up into that altitude group like we talked about. So for me, it's obvious the kind of people that we're attracting. I mean, I'm not attracting to somebody who wants to buy five Lamborghinis and, and airplanes and yachts and all that stuff. It's just not, not what we're necessarily all about. If that's what you want to do and we can help you do it, fine. But you're not going to see me. I mean, I, like I said, I'm at Flip Hacking Live. I have to wear a suit because I feel like I should be wearing a suit, but I had to buy a new suit to go there last year because or this past year and get it tailored and everything because I just, if I, if I wore the suits that I owned, it would be the exact same ones that I wore the year before because I only have like two of them. So I had to buy another one. So it's, it's just not our thing, right? So, and what you said, if you care about the people, you care about your values, you care about all that stuff, the money will come, it will come. And so it's, it's, it's a byproduct of running a successful and integrity-based business. That's what it is. Money is a byproduct of taking care of people. And if you influence and help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want, right? A very famous quote. So, so for me, as far as like next year, look, I love the fact that you jumped in. You're class zero one, class one of the runway group, right? The seven figure runway group, runway zero one, right? Runway one, you're in there. And it has not, like next year, what you're going to be surprised about, Jaime, is I'm going to make it better every year, every year it's going to get better. And I know that you're, I know that you know that, but everybody out there, like my whole goal, I am, I'm focused on you guys, but I'm not any more focused on you guys than I will be on anybody else. I really think that we as a community need to figure out how to help as many people as we can get and reach their goals. Cause if we help you get what you want, then obviously the group, like you said, it will, it will get a little bit bigger. It will be a little more successful because people will be talking about it. They will be successful. There's going to be positive. Like I want to figure out how to make sure that everybody gets what they need inside of our mastermind group and goes on from there. So if we can do that, then of course it is going to get bigger. If we don't do that, then you're going to be on somebody else's podcast six years from now talking about how my program was miserable and you wasted a bunch of money, right? Uh, so, I'd rather be on your podcast being one of your big time soldiers to help you out next year. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Be on stage talking about what you, what, what we helped you do. And, and it's not even like, honestly, I use the word help. It's really like support. It's like a support network. We are not like, we're not do, you are doing the work. You are, you're committed to yourself. You believe in yourself. You have the support network. You're showing up in your training. You're being around, you're getting around people who are doing more than you and in the position where you want to be. And then you're becoming the master. So I don't know when you'll earn your black belt, but I, I suspect that it won't take very long. It's definitely not going to take like 22 years, like you said. So, um, so I'm excited to see your growth. I'm really kind of humbled and honored to be part of your journey and thankful for everything that you said on this podcast about me and about the, the group and, and the event and all those things. Cause that's, that's the hard work and dedication of, of, I get, I get the credit occasionally, but it's all the people behind the scenes that are doing all the work. It's Kyle, it's Vanessa, it's Becca, it's Mike, it's Andy, it's Terry. It's, it's the entire team. It's all of us. It's Adam, Jeremiah, Larissa, like everybody that's behind this and part of this. And obviously Sage, the, the group that put it all together. It's, it is an unbelievable undertaking of lots and lots of people that 
bring something like that to the table. And the only reason that it was as good as it is, is because of the support network that I have. And it's the people who show up and train every day inside the company. It's the people that are better at all those positions than I am. I just get to stay at, stand up on stage with some weird like Madonna microphone and, and talk about stuff that I love to talk about Two people that I love to be around. So, um, I had a great time today. I had a great time at Flip Hacking Live. I wish we could go back to San Diego three, uh, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, but uh, I'm working already on next year's event. So 11 months from now, we'll have our other event. And uh, I, can't, I can't wait for it. It's, uh, it's exciting me. And we're starting to, it, with the series comes some of the kind of interviews from you guys who came this year to give me some feedback on what you liked and what you didn't like and, and what resonated with you so that we can make sure that we provide the best value for the people that come next year. And we make sure we get that out to as many people as, as possible that might be interested in, in, not uh, in paying a very low price <laughs> to come to an event where they're actually, it's kind of funny with you saying that you thought it might've been too cheap. So maybe we need to raise the prices for next year. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on my list. So, I may, I know we went over a little bit. I really appreciate it. It's been yeah. a lot of fun getting to know you though and talking to you. And I think that everybody who's listening is going to get something from this, um, whether it's uh, tenacity, action, um, you know, being around the right people, whatever it is. And you're right. There's, there's local groups. There's all these people. The biggest recommendation that I'll give to somebody is, is, and this is not, you have to come join our group or anything like that. It's, it's find the people that you resonate with, that you feel comfortable with, that, that you're attracted to, because what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to those events. You're going to want to spend time with them. You're going to want to replicate what they've done. And when you, if, if you're wearing, if you, if you're like driving Lamborghini right now, listen to this, or you're, you're, you dream about big yachts and fancy cars and all that stuff, then you probably won't feel that comfortable at our event where people are just not dressed to the nines and talking about that stuff and beating on their chest. And that's okay. Like I'm not, you know, downplaying you or saying there's anything wrong with that. Just, you know, it's probably not the right fit for that. And, you know, if, if what we, what we are doing sounds like something that you're interested in, that's what it's all about. And I, I don't, I know that we're not the right fit for everybody. We, we service kind of wholesaling and house flipping businesses and people that want to run a business. They eventually want to get to the point where they treat it like a business. It's an operation and it can run with or without them, their choice. And it's not about, we don't have to get everybody to seven figures. You don't have to do hundreds of deals a year. It's just, whatever you want to do. You're the business owner. You're the CEO of your life. You are the business owner of your life. What do you want it to look like? Does it look like what some of our members are doing? If so, great. If not, go find someone who can help you with that. Like if you want to flip apartment buildings, then we're not the right fit. You know, it's just not what I do. So I may, I had a good time. You're doing great. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sticking around with me. And this was a lot of fun. I, I look forward to, um, what's the belt after the white belt? Yellow? Uh, yellow belt. Yes. And what, what's after the yellow? Orange. Orange. When yeah, what? It depends. Green. I practice judo and jiu-jitsu and judo it's yellow, orange, green. Uh, okay. And then you have brown, then you have black. In okay. It's uh, white, blue, purple, brown, and black. So okay. I have black on both. So, <laughs> which so well, I'll tell you what, you tell me, you tell me when you're at the next level, just post in the Facebook group. Hey Bill, I feel like I'm a, I'm a yellow belt now, or I'm a, I'm a brown belt and it'd be exciting stuff. So, uh, I I'll be, I, hopefully I'm the one that gives you the black belt. I'll, I'll give you the black belt when you're ready, but you, you gotta be past a white belt now. I mean, you bought, bought your first house, you've renovated your first house, you brought on your first teammate. You're probably like a green belt now. I would think you're getting up there. So I feel like I'm uh, at that level when I'm, so throwing people is pretty hard. I feel like I'm at that level when you throw somebody 
kind of by luck, but now you know it can be done, you know? Yeah. So I'm saying, well, I spent all this time. I can never throw anybody, but I just threw one guy, kind of lucky, but it happened, you know, an advanced guy. And then it's not easy to replicate, but now you know it's doable, and it just keeps getting easier. So I don't know. I'm close, but not quite. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep, keep uh, we'll keep, we'll keep moving you up. So uh, right. I really enjoyed it. And thanks a lot for spending time with me and, and everybody who's listening. I know that you guys have a lot of places that you can spend your time. So it's really nice to, that you, that you spent time with me and Jaime today on the podcast. Hopefully you got a lot out of it. If you did, please, you know, give us a rating and review. Tell us what you thought about the podcast. Email us at info at HQ and tell us how awesome Jaime was on the podcast and how it inspired you to do something more. Um, you can jump into our uh, Facebook group. We have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group called uh, Flip Hacking, Automate and Scale Your Wholesaling House Flipping Business. So you guys can find this on Facebook under Flip Hacking and I post videos in there. We post these um, these videos. I just will give out, you know, answer questions and things like that in there. That's kind of our, our group where people can just jump in and, and see information about uh, Flip Hacking Live, get some discounts, stuff like that. So um, I enjoyed it. I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Jaime, thanks a lot for taking all this time with me. If you want to follow me, I'm TX Offer. Instagram, I have zero friends because I've never had Instagram or TX Offer. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> awesome. I think, yeah. So T, TX Offer, so Texas Offer. Yeah, but TX Offer. TX Offer. It's like TX like Texas. And then yeah. I think I think we have an Instagram account too. I think it's Seven Figure Flipping on Instagram, but I, I don't really know anything about that, man. It's a, <laughs> That's my team, my staff. So I probably should, they're probably like listening to this, yelling at me going, plug Instagram too. Like, what are you doing? So, um, we got all kinds of stuff that we're changing around. We got like our Facebook account. So seven figure flipping on Facebook and then Instagram. And then we also just uh, created a YouTube channel, seven figure flipping YouTube channel that we're going to do some cool stuff with. So anyway, subscribe to all that stuff. You guys probably know a lot more about it than I do. I'm not, I'm not too big on Instagram. I, I use Facebook. I need to, I, people are probably like, this guy's a dinosaur. You need to get on Instagram and Snapchat and all this other stuff, but I'll figure it out. Okay. And I'll, we'll get the right people on board to, to tell me what to do. Right. So, um, so TX offer and, uh, on, on Instagram and get, get on there. Jaime needs some friends. He's got no friends. Yeah, Nobody's following him. One. <laughs> He's walking around with one person following him. You better get your wife to follow you. You have two. All right. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.